0: Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the On the Horizon RC podcast. I'm your host and Horizon president, Chris Dickerson. And with me, as always, our marketing director, Steve Petrato. Steve, how have you been, my friend?
1: Oh, pretty good, Chris. Enjoying the uh, cooler weather, although I'm sure I won't be able to say that in another week or two. But uh, getting to have the windows open at the house a little bit. But uh, this week has been especially nice. But I know it's going to get colder. But other than that... um, staying busy, been uh, getting the house ready for uh, family to come over for Thanksgiving coming up soon. And I've been uh, it seems like working on a million different projects to get the house ready to go, putting in <laughs> new fans, painting and all that kind of stuff, making it look nice. So how about you? What have you What have you been up to?
0: Well, you know, kind of like you, uh, I feel like we're living on barred time a little bit here in the Midwest. You know, we're having some really nice weather right now. And so uh, I did a little fall fishing trip last weekend and enjoyed nice. the. The weather, but, uh, I do feel like we're on borrowed time. And before you know it, we're going to be on one of these podcasts talking about snow. I talked to uh, one of our, our uh, retail partners, uh, Todd Anderson at RC excitement the other day, he's in the Boston area and told me they had six inches of snow last week. And, uh, it made me glad I'm not in the Boston area, but, um, yeah. You know, we're definitely at that time of year in a lot of the country, Um, you know, with the exception of like, you know, the surface guys that are out in Southern California, they always remind us this time of year that it's, you know, still 90 degrees where
1: they are. So yeah, uh, shorts to the office.
0: Exactly, exactly. But no, it's all good. You know, the time change is always a little bit of a drag when it's, you know, dark it before five o'clock. But uh, outside of that, we're hanging in. But just like you, you know, I can't believe, you know, this this whole year has been, anything but normal and it's hard to believe that halloween's over and we're like you said getting the house and family ready for the holidays it's gonna be here before we know it
1: yeah a couple more three more weeks right and it's uh it's crazy so uh, did you catch anything good at the on the fishing trip or was it just a relaxing time
0: (laughs) we did okay i wouldn't i don't think we set any lake records let's just say that but uh you know it was nice to get out my my uh i went with my dad and my son and we were able to my brother and his family and you know, kind of a, a guy's fishing weekend, so it's a little bit more of just the being out than you know, than setting a lake record. But
1: we yeah, we, did yeah. okay. we did okay. That's, that's the beauty of fishing. You don't really necessarily have to catch anything to have a good time. You can just relax, that's right. <laughs> you get away from it all. Yep. Well, as we mentioned, Chris, uh, in in the, the holidays are right around the corner, and we're definitely uh, we're we've been hard at work preparing some great Black Friday deals, and those will be uh, coming up for everyone. You know, here, here during the uh, November twenty sixth time frame. we'll be starting our Black Friday uh, excitement stuff starting on the twenty sixth. So, both in store and online, uh, we'll have some great deals for you guys across the board this year. Everything from uh, trains to accessories to radios and cars and planes. We'll have it all. So look for that coming up real soon. Make sure to check out your local retailer. Uh, they'll have uh, information in store as well. Um, but we also, if, before that, we've got a great buying guide up on horizonhobby.com right now where you can start to check out, you know, some of the best hits of the, of the year, uh, different price points, uh, different uh, skill levels. So the online team has done a great job of just helping you navigate whether it's yourself or your spouse or buying something for someone you don't know yet. Um, you know, there's, there's a great resource on the, on the top of the horizon hobby.com page uh, right now that gives you a great insight into how to buy this year for the RC enthusiast in your life.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That holiday buying guide is really nice. I, uh, I would encourage everybody to go check it out. You know, Steve, I also wanted to update everybody too, you know, since uh, you know, everyone's been at home. The great news for us is uh, we've had, a lot of people return to RC hobby. We've had a lot of new people join the RC hobby. And the only downside to that is uh, it kind of was like a tidal wave hitting our uh, product support and customer service teams. And because of that, we kind of fell behind. We had longer hold times than we wanted or were happy with. Um, so we have gone through a huge hiring process for new customer service reps, product support reps to better serve our customers going forward. Those folks are now uh, on board, they've been trained, they're hitting the phones, they're on email, they're on chat, and we really expect these additional resources to help reduce call times, uh, our backlog requests as as we get into the holidays. Our goal is to be uh, able to take care of you as we get into this. I also wanted to mention to everybody that uh, we've also increased our service hours um, for everybody too. So what we've done effective now is um, we have digital support now seven days a week, and that's 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. And that's email and chat seven days a week. We also have phone support, which is extended hours now, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. So extending that window that we're available to help you um, you know, keep your uh, RC hobby moving forward. We want to make sure you have a great holiday and that we give you that level of service that you have come to expect from Horizon.
1: Yeah, that's that's really great. I'm pretty excited about the email and chat service being open that late. And I know uh, the chat is new for us as a company to to some degree and for our customers. But guys, if you uh, if you're the kind of guy that just wants to, if you're at the computer you're like, man, I just can't figure this out. Shoot us the chat. It's sometimes very quickly to get, you'll get an answer. Uh, and you can chat back and forth with someone. Uh, but as always, you do have that phone support, but now that you have, you know, if it's Sunday, if it's Sunday night at nine o'clock, you can get in touch with someone, which is really cool. Cause you know, a lot of times I'll be tinkering with something before I end out the weekend and you know, Hey, if you need help, then you can have it. So yeah awesome work by all, all the team here to get that to get everyone hired and, and trained up I, I i know that is not an easy task as you know chris we have lots of different products with a lot of different electronics on board so there's always something that uh, somebody may need help with but yeah yep. super cool stuff well um moving on you know wouldn't be a horizon podcast without new announcements so uh you always got to put that i always got to say that but you know the, right. we've, had a, we've always had a, a good announcements this year we've Uh, We're starting to end the year, so things are either um, really exciting or each week is kind of varying in how many items we have, but uh, I've kind of compiled everything, so... I'll just go down the list. So, C recently released the Mini B, uh, which is a one sixteenth buggy, very similar to their to the their buggies of the, the twenty two size, um, ten scale size. Uh, this is based on the Mini T platform, so really nice uh, buggy version of that. So, it's been pretty popular. Not quite yet available. Just announced. There's even three colors of that. If I don't, uh, if I remember correctly, we also have the Arma Mojave EXB roller. So, that's going to be packed with all of those uh, awesome. Uh, bashed, uh, awesome upgrades that Arma has come out with, so the uh, the diffs and the additional strength uh, additions to the chassis. So definitely check that, especially for the guy that wants to build their own power system. Uh, the roller is, is, of course, sans electronics, so uh, check that out. And then one of my more exciting announcements uh, on my side of the house is the NX series radios. So um, the spectrum has dropped the next generation in uh, radio systems for, for us. And we're really, really super excited about it. Um, these radios are really the, uh, we've taken what we had in the DX platform and brought it to kind of the 2020 and beyond generation. So we've got color screens on board. They still operate with the standard spectrum programming language. So you'll still have that roller. They're not touchscreen like the IX series, uh, but they give uh, you the ability to program the same way. And, um, they have, uh, like full programmable color so you can change the color of the the buttons and the words and the different alerts we've also added a nice uh ticker tape what we call on the bottom screen so that you can run all your telemetry down there uh, so that's pretty exciting
0: so steve with that because again these are the first nx series series radios right so just uh for folks that So what I'm hearing is you're going to get a lot of this new generation technology that's in the iX series, but I believe these are a little more affordable.
1: Um, Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, uh, so they're not, you know, when when you say iX, that's really our smart Android touchscreen style where these are, you know, more of a color screen, but not necessarily like having a tablet at your fingertips, which a lot of our customers really like because they're used to that just quick to boot up, quick to shut off. Uh, simple to use. You know, these also have Wi Fi built into them, Chris. So for updating in the past, we used to have you used to use SD cards. You put it in the computer, you go to the spectrum site, you download the firmware, you put it in your radio. Now you just log into your home Wi Fi with the radio, you click update. It does it all for you.
2: Nice. Uh, so
1: that's a really nice feature. Saves a ton of time. And you know, I can't, I can't believe how often I see someone at the field with a really out of date radio. And while I get it, you know, if it works, don't, if it's, you know, if it's, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But we do all kind of updates to these radios, right, including right. on the DX series. So if you haven't updated your radio in a while, uh, here's my public service announcement, go do it. Um, but also <laughs> now with the NX series, it will be, uh, it will be much easier. And on top of that, uh, we've preloaded these radios with all the model setup files. So if you've bought a bind and fly model in the last, I don't know, seven, eight years, you're probably going to see that model file on the radio already. And you can just go into the folder and download it right into your, or import it right into your model file. So if you have an old MCPX from Blade or an old eFlight PT-17, it's going to be in there and the model file is already set up for you. So again, all about saving time, making it easier for the customer. Um, So pretty cool stuff there. And and amongst other things, there's a lot of great videos out there. Uh, We have a six and eight and a 10 channel version currently on the NX series. Uh, The DX series will be uh, slowly going away and phasing out, but fear not, we will have uh, the full, uh, we'll be supporting these radios for years to come from a service standpoint, so don't worry about that. We'll even be doing updates on the DX series platform from a firmware standpoint. So if you've got a DX radio, uh, now's the time to think about you know, upgrading to the new the new gen stuff. But if you've got one, you're not ready or you just bought one, uh, it's it's a great radio still, and uh, keep on keep it on. So uh, pretty exciting stuff there from the guys at Spectrum. And then uh, up next, this one announced that the, I believe last week um, was the SCX24B17. Chris, I know this is uh, kind of a, a fun one because it's a limited edition, right? There's only 9,999 of them made. So Yes, uh, yeah,
0: it's, it's a limited edition item. Uh, part of the proceeds to this are going to go to our Hobbies for Good initiative. So we're excited about, you know. Uh, coming out with a cool product but also doing some good with it it will be a limited edition it's going to be available at your local you know favorite local retailer uh horizon partner so we we ask you to you know, check it out with them um and it is available on uh dot as well but yeah very cool uh kind of retro kind of back to axials early days looking vehicle um definitely a, a great uh kind of fun keepsake type item
1: yeah definitely and then new uh, this week, as of today, actually, we uh, Arma released the new V5 platform. So for their 6s models, so you'll have a, uh, you know, the notorious the the uh, Typhon, the Mojave, the Creighton, all upgraded with Spectrum Smart Electronics uh, as well as the SLT, uh, radio. So I'll we'll have our dual protocol, uh, SR315 receiver on board with the SLT radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're going to have an excellent radio system there. That's ready to be upgraded, uh, to spectrum without having to change out the receiver. Uh, so that's a really nice feature there. So all those will come with that. And of course our spectrum smart electronics on board. Uh, so just kind of bring in those. And there's a few other, um, I would say, quality improvements, just like you know the uh, the Ford F-150 changes from year to year, just like the ARMA vehicles change and improve over each year. Again, all those components for the new V5s will carry over to the V4s. So if you've got a V4 and you want to upgrade it, you can totally do that. Um, but if you're looking to get into a 6S ARMA platform, these are all new for this year, and they'll be out fairly soon. So make sure to check those out uh, at your local retailer and, of course, horizonhobby.com.
0: Wow. You uh, definitely, the uh, the product development and marketing teams brought it this time with a lot of uh, new releases that are going to be here for the holidays and winter season. So that's uh, good stuff. Uh, I think we, we have a great guest this week, Steve. So unless you've got anything else, I think it's time we bring him in and, and hear his really cool story. Somebody who brings a ton of experience from the RC industry. And what do you think?
1: Yeah, sounds good. Let's get right to it.
0: All right. Hey, today we have a very exciting guest joining the podcast. We always talk about how important the RC community is, and our guest today is a truly impactful individual in this RC community for many years now. He's the father of the one and only Top Gun event hosted in Lakeland, Florida. And after finishing the 32nd annual event this past weekend, we are excited fresh off the heels of that event to catch up with the one and only Frank Tiano. Frank. Uh thanks for joining us today. Thanks for taking a few minutes to uh chat with us. Have you recovered from Top Gun yet? Just about. Good,
2: good. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, people don't realize uh when it's all over, you gotta put everything away. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I, mean? I mean you don't know, just leave it there till next year. So we got guys running back and forth, vans full of you know, PA system and Chairs and who knows what else. Banners. I mean, it had eighty-six banners put up. <laughs> so anyway, but we're just about done. I think by tomorrow, it'll literally be put away. The last expense check will have been written, and we're onward to uh, Top Gun Twenty Twenty One.
0: Wow, that's that's great. You you are right though, and I know with some of our events, you know, I think people head home you know, when the weekend's over, and they, they kind of put it back in the back of their mind and say, wow, that was fun. And um, there's a lot of work to setting up these events and taking them down. I think, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot. So, and once you, like you said, when you get that last expense check written, then it's really finished for the year. Right. So, yep. well, good. Well, maybe, uh, you know, Frank, I gave a little bit of an introduction of you there, but let me, we'll get started off hearing a little bit about you. Maybe can you tell our audience, you know, how long you've been in the RC industry, a brief history about yourself and, you know, what you've been involved with over the years.
2: Well, yeah, I could do that, I guess. Basically, um, <clears throat> as far back as I can remember, uh, and I don't know what age I can remember back to, maybe maybe three or four years old, perhaps, um, for whatever reason, I liked airplanes. Um, my Father was a uh, nightclub owner, and did not have a lot of time to spend uh, taking care of my uh, what do you call it hobbies or call it. it was always working, you know. And uh, but somehow he realized that with whatever toys I got for Christmas, maybe I always gravitated towards anything that had wings. And I, I remember every little. Uh, little slide the wing into the fuselage kind of rubber powered stick model you could buy I would have uh, and I did not even know about radio control till about 1950 and um, I was flying control line at the time and a couple of the guy, the older guys at the Field that we used to fly the control line at uh, had radio controlled airplanes, and they were they were using something by a company called Babcock. And uh, my dad bought me a, a set, and I I bought something called the Sterling Mambo. It was wow. a high wing trainer, and and I could not master it, um, so I stopped. I I guess I was a little. What do you call it? Um, no patience. You know, discouraged. I was, well, I was discouraged and I was impatient. so yeah, <laughs> okay. I gave it up. I went back to control line, control line scale. And, and then when I was about 18 or 19 years old, and I was like a young adult by that time, um, I, I, I took it back up again and I decided that I wanted to become good at this. And I, uh, I bought a, a DeBolt, a, a champ it was called, and a Royal Single Stick Radio. And I got um, a hold of one of the local club members. I remember his name was Al Goodwin. And uh, I said, you teach me to fly this thing? He goes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I was went up there on a Saturday afternoon and I soloed the first day nice and nice, i could yeah. not get i could not get enough of flying or i mean I, I could not get enough any given minute any minute i could get away from whatever i was doing i was at that field flying and uh <clears throat> i remember that the <clears throat> back then there was not a huge choice like if you wanted to move up to an intermediate what was what was an intermediate and in my case it was a vk cherokee powered by an Enya 45. <laughs> and now, of course, had ailerons, and wow, that was like a high-performance airplane com- compared to the Champ. And once I mastered that, it really did open up the RC uh, choices. Like, wow, you know, I, mean, I could fly anything. I mean, basically. So I, I, uh, I guess I gravitated towards scale models um and the rest is you know just getting better and better and older and older and <clears throat> and of course by 1970 i had uh i don't remember how but i started i started writing the articles for different magazines uh and i guess they uh they enjoyed the uh, style that i wrote in and as a result i became friendly with a lot of people in the industry, um, for an example, RC Modeler Magazine, which is gone, of course, they would actually call me and say, "Hey, how about we pay your way to Toledo and get you a room and just write about Toledo for us?" Huh. And I okay. mean that was that was unbelievable. I mean a yeah. trip, you to know, you know, to uh, Toledo. No, yeah, the Toledo show is a yeah Toledo
0: show. If anybody who who hasn't been to the Toledo show. Maybe thinks why would you want to trip to Toledo? But yeah, to go to, to, you
2: know, go to that's week- a good point. Yes, you know, yeah, that's a very good point. <laughs> you're right. Nobody, but no, you're right. You would stay away from Toledo in most cases, but the weak signal RC show yes. in Toledo, Ohio, uh, certainly was a draw. Absolutely, and um, <clears throat> yeah, they. I actually got money to go cover that show and do a report and photographs. Um and then I again met more people and uh two of the people I met were uh the the two guys that owned at the time Robart Manufacturing, uh, which was uh, of course Bob Walker and Bart Fury and uh Donnie Dombrowski from the House of Walsa, who was uh into really into pylon. Um anyway, and and we were there talking one day and I said, you know, I would. I was in the car business by that time, and I said, you know what? I would not mind getting rid of this car business gig, and I would like to find something uh, to do in the hobby business where I can make a living. Which, of course, would be impossible to do today. By the way, <laughs> as you know, yeah. Um, I mean, really. Anyway, and uh, I had this idea. I had heard about this Eastman Kodak product of glue, um, instant glue. And, of course, nobody else nobody else at that particular time was doing anything about that until a few months later and something came out called Hot Stuff. Mm. And uh, we found out what Hot Stuff was and found out why it was called Hot Stuff. And uh, we pursued that. And came up with ZAP. And ZAP was introduced and started to grow and grow and grow and grow. And it allowed me to become more well-known and meet a lot more people. And by 1989, after being to every U.S. scale masters up until that point, I said, gee, maybe it's time to do an event that is a little different and top gun was born and between zap and top gun and florida jets the other event that we do um here i am today
1: very cool yeah i don't think a lot of people realize you know <laughs> to someone like yourself you've been, you've been in this in the industry for really your whole life in theory i mean starting off after the car business i guess but um, and what it kind of takes to get to where you're at, um, and where this type of event, where it's so popular now, um, and how it how you get there. And I wanted to kind of jump into that. Um, you know, this this past weekend, we you know the event went on. I saw a ton of coverage from various attendees, Ali, and some other folks as well. Um, was this year for the event especially difficult, or do you think it went off pretty smoothly? All things considered.
2: Well. <clears throat> the parts of the event that were difficult to orchestrate uh, hopefully would not have been noticed by anyone there, hopefully. Uh, for example, um, I had – we <clears throat> getting ahead of myself. Uh, our, we have a pretty good-sized budget. Um, we have a total of uh, 15 – judges, and a scorekeeper, and they all get paid. Uh, I'm telling you this for a reason, which will become apparent in a minute. So uh, we don't have any volunteers, not one. Every single person that helps in any manner at Top Gun gets a check. Um, That being said, here we are two weeks before the event, and four different judges who come from out of town get a hold of me and say, oh, I can't make it. Wow. Um, that was, I mean, you don't exactly have, I don't have a pool. I mean, I don't <laughs> have like, <laughs> you know. Yeah,
1: these these judges, are, I'm sure, are hard to come by. They're not, they're very knowledgeable and talented at what they do. They're not just the average guy on the street, right?
2: Uh, yeah, plus if I did, if I did have a pool, what's the chances of a guy Oh, I can get off, you know, the, the event runs Wednesday through Sunday. So a guy's got to get three, four days of vacation, he's got to get an airline ticket or drive. So I was sick. Um, But but I was fortunate enough there were a couple of guys not too far away who said, I can get the time off and I will help you out. So that was one hurdle, so to speak. Um, Other than that, I don't think any of the participants, the pilots, or, nor the spectators uh, would have noticed anything off. I don't think. If there is, I don't know about it. Um, well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. very good. I <laughs> always
1: want the spectators to feel like like it's the standard event. Sure, there's other safety precautions. I'm sure well, put we in. Had, or,
2: we had yeah. one huge uh, ace for us uh, because there were so many guys. Uh, Again, I'm getting ahead of myself. Normally, Top Gun has about 165 entries. Now, not 165 pilots, because some guys fly more than one class. So, But 165 entries. Um, but because of the virus thing, every single European, South American, Asian participant did not come. Mm, and right. that totaled 45 pilots and therefore about 70 entries. Wow. So, so, and many of those pilots uh, are world-class performers as well. So now I've lost my halftime show. We do a, a lunch break radio control show. With some, some, for lack of a better word, some acts that maybe people haven't seen before, you know. Right. But we had an ace in the hole, so to speak, and that was a guy. You might even heard of the guy. His name is Ali Mashinchi.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that name before. I, it, it
2: sounds familiar. Yeah. He flew five different airplanes. <laughs> One of them, one of them being my World War One Fokker D7. Nice. Which is really a 3D airplane disguised as a biplane. <laughs> it's, got, it's got a 100cc twin in it. Nobody knows. It sounds like a dragster. And I said, here, fly this. Well, he the people were on their feet. I mean, look, I couldn't believe this black, <laughs> this black Fokker D7. But then anyway, he flew that, and he flew a glider, and he flew, oh, did you know that Horizon has this new thing called the OV ten?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, wow. yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What a job you did with that! Anyway, so <laughs> so what we did was we'd have a guy fly, then Alley a guy fly, then Alley a guy fly, and then Alley a guy fly, and Alley would close the show. <laughs> so so we got, <laughs> nobody knew because right? the spectators don't know who's lying. They don't right. listen to me. I mean, but, but it was Ali. So thank you. I mean, he, he saved our butt in that respect. Uh, yeah. So other than that, I mean, so some of the guys realized that the air show might have been light like in uh, pilot participation, but it wasn't light like in aircraft participation. See? Sure.
1: Yeah. So anyway,
2: everything else went off well. <laughs> well, good. Well, yeah. I, I that, uh, And
0: again, for anybody who's listening that doesn't know, Ali is first of all, is a phenomenal pilot and I think could fly about any, if it'll fly, he can fly it and probably can fly some things that maybe aren't even meant to fly. Um, But he, he's also a horizon employee. So we're a little biased towards Allie uh, as just an awesome person, but I'm glad he was able to help uh, be your ace in the hole there for Top Gun. That's pretty cool. So glad it, glad it was able to, it, it sounds like you improvised really well. Um, Maybe, Frank, for people who aren't aware, maybe you could kind of give us a breakdown of kind of how Top Gun works. You know, how do pilots get involved with that? And what's the goal, you know, for an event like Top Gun?
2: Okay. Well, the the goals are very simple. I'll I'll start backwards. Okay. The goal, uh, especially especially the last 10 or 12 years, the goal is to keep – radio-controlled aero modeling uh, alive. Um, one of the goals was to, was to um, introduce young, young people uh, into competition, the sport, the hobby, call it what you want. Um, it has not worked well, though, I have to say that. There's, kids have other, other interests, and uh, it's, it's unfortunate. But that was a goal. Um, to participate, uh, you don't just show up. I mean, you have to be invited. Uh, But the invitation process is simple. All you have to do is call me or email and say, hey, uh, I've seen what's going on. Um, I think I'm qualified to fly with those guys. Uh, Here's a picture of my airplane. What do you think? And I I think we only turned down one guy in 20 years. I mean, it only causes airplane. I think he built it with a knife and fork. It was terrible. But anyway, <laughs> anyway um, so we invite them, and then the following year, there are more people that want to come, and we go through the we go through all the scores, and we, you know, we look to see did a guy make an effort to fly all four rounds, or did he have trouble the first round, and then he quit, or whatever, and that's one of the things we use to determine who comes back the second year and the third year and so on and so forth. Um, We started off with um, two classes, which was uh, expert and team. Are you there? Yes. Oh, because my computer screen just went black. Oh, no. And I said, crap. But it (laughs) was Enter, entering power saving mode. So good, and you are still there. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah. okay. So anyway, um, we then went to expert masters and team, and the masters class was for people who designed and built the entire airplane themselves. Uh, expert class uh, is for people who purchased a set of plans or a kit and built and finished the airplane themselves. And team was for people who could fly like crazy, but are kind of, you know, their hands are not, maybe they're not so dexterous and uh, they can fly great, but they can't build for nothing. So they would get a builder. So you had a builder and a pilot and that was team. Uh, About eight years ago, when I saw some of the interest waning in the building department, I said, I wonder if um, if we introduced a class where it was almost like a pattern class, meaning it was for scale models, but there was no static judging. Nobody looked over your airplane to see how good or bad it was, but, but it had to be a model of a real airplane. And uh, I thought of a name I called it pro-am. And the reason I called it Pro-Am, because I wanted to split the event into pro and amateurs. So guys coming to Top Gun for the first time would be an amateur. I didn't want to call them an amateur, so I called it Sport. (laughs) I didn't want to disrespect, them. I call it Sport. So I divided it, subdivided it, uh, Propeller and Jet. So we have Pro-Jet, and we have Sport-Jet, and we have Pro-Prop and Sport-Prop. And that went over very, very well. In fact, as less and less people uh, remained in the hobby, whether through age or death, uh, and our expert class dwindled from 35 guys down to 16 or 17, and the master's class dwindled from 12 or 15 down to 8 or 7, um, these the pro-am class blew up like to the point, I didn't know how, how I was going to fly everybody. The, the pro am class went to like uh, 45 guys in pro prop, 15 or 18 in pro jet, I mean a uh, sport jet, and uh, 10 or 12. That's potential spam. Let me get rid of that. Okay. Um, <clears> okay. <throat> The bigger of the two classes was was, was always the pro, the uh, amateur or sport part. So they'd be double what the pro is. But all of a sudden, guys uh, had a reason for coming, if even if they couldn't build, um, and it worked out well, and that saved Top Gun, uh, big time. Awesome.
1: So what? Uh, so the guys are coming there each year. They're building some of the most amazing scale aircraft in the world. Um, this year was a weird year in general, but you're always making improvements and changes to the events. What were some of, if any, format changes this year? I know I heard that uh, certain pilots used to kind of limit to a certain class. The, th- this year, did you cha- make any major changes to the event or did you just kind of let it ride?
2: No, I, I don't think um, the only thing I, the only thing I changed this year at all uh, we added another class. I added an EDF class, electric ducted fan class, um, which pre-Chinese virus had 28 new entries, okay. but we wound up with about about 13 because of all the cancellations. But uh, we flew them all together because of, we, we wanted everyone to be uh, – we wanted everyone to face the same wind and weather conditions. So we sure. flew the class as a class in its own time frame. You know what I'm saying?
0: Sure. Right, right.
2: Yep. Because they're foamies. I mean I mean and and to fly a foamy in a in a seven or eight or ten mile an hour wind is uh, very interesting. <laughs> yes. I mean I mean really, I, I found that out myself. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Well, especially anyway, when
1: well, You've got a three and a half to four minute battery life on most of those aircraft.
2: Well, that was, you know, we allowed them or we showed them or suggested how you could run one maneuver into another, you know, like in other words, fast fly by pulling up into a half a Cuban eight and then down went into a roll and you were able to get three maneuvers into one, you know, and it worked out. No, not one person didn't finish, but you're right. Uh, Four and a half minutes was the max anybody flew. And a couple guys flew the whole round, which is eight maneuvers, in in three minutes and 20 seconds. Wow. I mean, really. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a lot of fun. Uh, We're going to do it again. In fact, you probably don't even know this, but you guys were a big part of that event happening because when I had the idea – I did not know if I if I if I uh, could financially handle doing the class. And you guys you guys Horizon Hobby uh stepped up and said, "You know what? We're going to help you out." And you did. And uh it made it it, it was worthwhile. So we're going to do it again.
1: Good. Well, I'm glad, okay. it, glad it went well.
0: Good. Yeah. Glad to hear that. Glad we could help. You know, EDFs is obviously uh, an important class for class of product for Horizon. So it's good that it was, uh, it's translating well in the Top Gun. You know, I think one of the things, especially even if you're just following on social media and event like Top Gun, it just shows you what some of these airplanes can do. When you have somebody like an alley flying these airplanes, you know, it, it gives you that kind of aspirational element of like, okay, I don't know if I'll ever be that good. It's like seeing, I guess, a, a, a really good guitarist play or something, you know, it makes you want to go learn to play guitar. You see somebody like Allie fly, uh, even, even in EDF, it makes you want to go fly an EDF airplane and, and it's pretty cool. So uh, I have a question about, you talked about the judges earlier and especially your challenge with some of them not making it this year. Um, it sounds like that's a pretty, you know, you, you have something you're really looking for in those judges how does that process work? The judge selection process work for you? How do you kids to be a judge? Um,
2: I don't. We don't hire anyone. <coughs> pardon me. We don't hire anyone who has no experience at all. Right. Um, he has to at least have some experience competing, having been judged, to get an idea of what he has to do. So we don't just hire a great modeler who's never competed or never been a judge. It's, it, it's impossible. So we're fortunate enough that, and because we pay them, uh, we do get judges from all over the country. Um, and usually if a guy's a pretty good judge, he knows at least one other guy who's a pretty good judge usually. And that's where we get lucky, uh, what we did this time as well, where they can come down together maybe, you know, share a room. Um but it's it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not easy to find a judge who um, will will judge the rules given to him.
0: Ah, uh, okay,
2: okay. <laughs> for an example, we've had judges that would uh, here. Here's an example. The judges are told, "You cannot bring to that judging chair, flight judging. I'm talking now. You cannot bring any knowledge about that airplane and use it." To uh, when applying the score because um, the person flying the airplane might be half your age, and they have no clue as to what you're talking about. I I think back, we had a judge who's passed away now. His name was Jack Dorman, really neat guy, ex-fighter pilot from World War II, flew Hellcats (laughs) in World War II. Anyway, so this guy takes off in a Hellcat, Pulls the landing gear up, and lo and behold, after he lands, he's looking at his scores, and he got a downgrade on his retractable landing gear score because the left gear went up before the right gear. Oh wow! (laughs) Of course, what 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 the what do you mean? And Jack says, gruff voice, "Well, that's the way it was." (laughs) And I said, Jack. You know, I mean, how does a kid's 23? He wasn't even born yet. How does he know what Lannigan went up first? But anyway, <laughs> and we, it, and we fixed it. But the point is that kind of thing, you know. And, right. and, if, and if you get lucky enough to find judges who will judge the rules and apply their uh, knocks accordingly, then they're keepers. Uh, we've got three judges from Europe who could not make it this year because of the virus. Um We've got them from all over the country and most of them have been with us for at least 10 years. Wow.
1: That's pretty good. Well, it's wow. definitely yeah. hard is, work. And I would say it's probably extremely hard work sitting out there in the, in the hot sun and uh, just looking at airplanes all day. Although it doesn't sound too terrible to me. Uh, well,
2: Black we, <laughs> uh, we, we built them about 25 years ago. We built them all <clears throat> Um huge uh cabana shade things above their head so they don't sit they may sit outdoors but they're not sitting in direct sunlight well, that's um, nice. and it yeah, is nice, nice. Yeah. and we put a we put a cooler full of iced water and beverages between their chairs so we make that as comfortable as we can for them
1: very nice very cool well frank this year uh, we had, we had a few, I saw some of the winners on Facebook, but you know, who were some of the standout winners and, and any aircraft that stood out to you this year, especially I'm sure you had plenty of time to walk around, but although you were putting on the event, so maybe not, uh, anything that stood out to you this year?
2: <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, there were, um, almost every airplane is unique or really nice or whatever you want to say in its own way. But there were a couple of airplanes that were uh, unique uh, or um, we haven't seen one like that in a long time, you know, that kind of thing. For example, um, Henry Castellanos had a Boeing airliner that was just an incredible piece of work. In fact, he won Critics' Choice with the airplane and the class as well. Um, anyway, uh, it was just something to see. Um, I, I'm not I'm not blowing smoke your way, but Ali's the uh, uh, OV-10. I mean, everybody stopped to watch that thing fly, uh, probably because of its size mm-hmm. and uh, because of the unique way he flies it. He has a he has a, t- uh, a knack for flying an airplane so it looks realistic. You know, it's, it's not jerking all over the sky. It's very smooth, you know, uh, kind of cool looking. And then we had a, <clears throat> a one-half-scale Bucker Youngmeister out of Texas from Craig Bradshaw. Do you know Craig? Yeah. That wasn't yeah. very enthusiastic. No, well, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, <thought, laughs> I thought the same thing, <laughs> Steve. I thought, okay, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, Craig. Oh, you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> It was more of a yeah, know of him. Not sure if he would say that I know him that well, but that was, yeah, I know who I know who that's, he is, and I.
2: Uh, that's Terry Bradshaw's brother, the football player. Okay. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, so he had a one-half scale Bucker Youngmeister. Well, wow. um, I'm trying to think of some of the really different different airplanes there was oh mike fetico from california brought a 140 inch dauntless mhm that was just incredible yeah i
1: have uh, i've seen that plane in in various stages of the build and uh yeah that's an incredible aircraft if
2: not the avenger now the avenger was oh, the,
1: too oh okay oh I'm sorry, sorry. they're right dauntless yeah of
2: course i'm right i'm always right uh, <laughs> That's, that's why I signed the checks. I'm right. <laughs> yeah, that was the Avenger that Pete built. Wallace mm-hmm. this was built by Henry Nguyen. You know? okay. Anyway, uh, really nice airplane. Um, so, yeah, they, they stuck out. Um, and there were the usual P-51s, P-47s, you know, PT-19s, Piper Cubs. And, th- and that's kind of the neat thing. There was a B-17 by Jamie Fiffles out of California. There was a B twenty five by uh, the Mosier kid flew really well. <clears throat> um, it's if you walk down the flight line, it's just one beautiful airplane after the other. Yeah, you know, for a thousand feet, you know. Sure.
0: Yeah, I saw uh, one of the videos Ali did, and again, we gotta be careful here. We're gonna we're gonna make him. Uh, Think, think uh no wonder he's, he's gonna tell me he has to go next year because of all this goodness but uh he did kind of a walkthrough and I mean like you said it was just even watching it on social media it was just the entire flight line was just he could have stopped you know so many times and just obsessed on one single airplane was was amazing so it's uh it is very cool and, and again a lot of this stuff's on social media anybody who's listening to this if you I know even if you go out to the horizon of Facebook feed and, and look, you'll see Ali Machinsky doing a walk through a Top Gun that, that really shows a lot of the flight line that Frank's talking about. And I'm sure there's a lot of other places out there uh, on social media. You can see this too, but yeah, amazing, amazing airplanes. So Frank, I have a question, you know, RC jets, you know, have, also, have obviously been around for a long time, but it does seem like they've, they've seen an increase in popularity Um, What gave you the idea to host an event like Red Flag, and how does that differ from Top Gun?
2: Well, Red Flag uh, is a competition very similar to Top Gun, but for only jets. Um, We tried it two years, and we will not do it again. Um, But it was very interesting. Uh, We do Florida Jets. Which is like a red flag, but without being judged, without having each flight judged. Um, there's no. You you are absolutely right. By the way, the the largest growing segment of the sport is the jet field right now. <clears throat> um, the reasons why are kind of crappy, but
0: <laughs> okay. You got to you got
2: to yeah. expand on that. Yeah. Oh, Yo, you want that? me to tell you why you mean? Yes, please. Oh, because, <clears throat> because you're, you're, you're dealing with a bunch of guys who's, at any given day, it's hard to figure out whose ego is bigger than the other guys. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it boils down to the the guy with the most dough. That's the, what I mean, that's the, <laughs> I mean, you, who needs it? Well, here. You got seven jets. Do you need another jet, really? <laughs> no. Now, put it in better perspective. Do you need another $30,000 jet? The answer is no. Right. Yeah. But yet, but yet this, the minute something new comes out, I got to have it. Why do you have to have it? I have to have it so that when I take it there, I am Mr. Number One. Well, you know that they're all painted exactly the same, right? Oh! Oh! Well, how much more does it cost to paint it different? Because I want to be different, Mr. Number One. Okay, then. So your F-104 will be in the Swahili Air Force uh, covering. Anyway. <laughs> um, and yours will be the RAF, and yours will be the German Air Force, and blah, 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 blah. But that's what it is. Those guys are mo- – and this is not a put-down. That group of guys are mostly affluent.
0: Gotcha,
2: and and people that are in the hobby or in the sport and can fly. Where's the last challenge? What is the last challenge? Is it is it free flight rubber bands? No. Is it you control combat? Maybe, or is it maybe a two hundred mile an hour jet?
0: Right. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha.
2: Well, it's yeah, the tr- it's the truth. I mean, it's uh, so that's a story.
1: Yeah, Oh, yeah, well, uh, go ahead, Chris. I
0: was gonna say I think that probably secures me in the EDF class for life. Then, so uh, uh, <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Steve.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I you know, it's funny you said the ego thing, Frank. We see, we see that in in various stages of the RC industry in general. But no, whether it's, come whether, on. <laughs> whether it's oh, maybe not to that on. level. I don't believe that,
0: not <laughs> the Midwest. No way. Uh, but, I, I think <laughs> it's any, it's any hobby, Steve. You and I usually, yeah. you know, look at you know, we both ride motorcycles. It's the same mm-hmm. thing, you know. You,
2: oh, there you go. Exactly.
0: It, it's yep. the same thing, you know. know it's, exactly. So any, anybody that has, like you said, if you're in the hobby long enough, if you've got a little bit of money, you need, sometimes if you don't have money, uh, you find it, uh, when you're passionate about something. So it's, we're probably no different with, with our hobby than anything else anybody likes. It's the, you know, the guy who spends, you know, whatever thousands of dollars on a set of golf clubs and shoots 110, you know, it's, it's all that sort of craziness. Yeah. Yeah, but he
2: dresses nice. See? <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, he, and he drinks the best scotch in the in, in the bar. So.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. And yeah, he, he had some really nice shots on the back.
2: If, if you happen to catch him in the bar in the clubhouse, you don't know how bad he plays, do you? <laughs> that's, <laughs>
1: that's
2: right.
0: He looks like a good golfer. So anyway, anyway. I really like
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, so Frank, how uh, I mean, how tied are you? Well, you do the, you do these events at Paradise Field, correct? And yeah, that's the things. same. That's the same uh, facility as the Sun and Fun event for full scale aircraft, right? Well, the, sort of, kind of.
2: Not. It's the same facility
1: because
2: yeah. of the Airport. Yeah. But no, I they I do not fly from an area that they fly from.
1: Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you.
2: They fly from uh, two major taxiways and a major major runway. Gotcha. Uh, they fly from runway nine two seven, which is a I think fourteen thousand foot runway. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, Amazon moved in here just last year, so their seven sixes and se- uh, seven threes are all flying out of here. And that's where Sun and Fun uses that, and they use the adjacent taxiways for some of the light aircraft. Um, we, if you look at a big big rectangle being Lakeland Airport property, we would be at the bottom of the rectangle south. Um, and the airport uh, moved us from where we used to be to get us out of the uh, sprawl of the Sun and okay. And they put in a blacktop runway for us uh, because they inconvenienced us by moving us. <laughs> uh, and that sounds kind of corny, but let me tell you something. Top Gun and Florida Jets are Lakeland, Florida's second and third Largest, um, what do you call it? Uh, 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 revenue, revenue, revenue makers. Other than oh, Sun, wow. and, yeah, Sun and Fun's huge. I mean, nobody comes even near them. Right. But uh, Sun and Fun out of the picture, and Top Gun and Florida Jets are there. Wow, uh, you know, like uh, a couple thousand uh, hotel rooms. Um, Florida is a funny thing. Florida jets on Sunday morning, when most guys leave, there are two gas stations near the airport that they stop and fill up with. Both of those stations have their tanks topped off on Friday or Saturday, and they are run out of gas. Wow. that's Yeah. I mean, and it's like almost a joke. You know, I mean, it's, it's almost a joke. Yeah, I mean, they there's no gas left. Just from the guys, you know, loading up these 40-gallon trucks. You know, unbelievable. Anyway, yeah. Well, you got 150 guys all driving these trucks with 30 to 40-gallon gas tanks. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, towing trailers and wanting to get the heck out of there. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. that, what were, what's sort of your spectator count then? If, if it's that level of event for that area, I mean, are we talking – obviously, this year may have been different, but for Florida Jets, are you talking – Several thousand, or what's what's sort of the revenue driver there for the city?
2: Florida, yeah, Florida Jets (coughs) um, is in March, so we still have what we call the uh, snowbirds. Yeah. So Florida Jets runs uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, Uh, and people work, of course, too. But anyway, a typical crowd on a Wednesday might be seven or eight hundred people. On Thursday, might be twelve or thirteen hundred. On Friday, maybe fifteen to eighteen hundred. On Saturday, three or four thousand. And it runs pretty much that same way uh, for Top Gun, except that Top Gun finishes on Sunday. But we rarely get more than two or three hundred people on Sunday, because it's a it's a kind of a kind of a churchy town, you know, families and and they they don't seem to go out for events on Sunday and never have. So other than football. Uh, so I don't know what to say about that. But anyway.
0: Okay. <coughs> well, Steve, or uh, I guess, Frank, uh, you've you mentioned, you know, you've obviously been in the industry for, for quite a while now. You know, what sort of things do you think are changing and what are the keys to success to for the RC industry here? What do we need to do to keep it great?
2: Well, <clears throat> well, you're going to probably hang up on me now.
0: Nope, <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's all right. Uh, it's all
2: right. I wrote a I wrote a thesis and gave it to the uh, radio controlled um I, what do they call it the radio RC association I forgot hobby hobby association of America okay fifteen years ago and I hate to say it but my predictions are coming out right here's what's happening <coughs> um, people that build and fly model aircraft uh as they get older and stop doing it there are there is not the same number of people that are young taking their place so for an example if today nationwide 173 guys become 80 years old and can't do it anymore there's not 183 youngsters taking their place
0: okay uh,
2: for a number of reasons and 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 I'm not trying to be a clown here being funny, but the number of reasons. The primary reason is the way the kids are, perhaps raised. Uh, you have a two-income family. You have a husband and wife both working. As a result of that, it is easy to say to the kid, "Don't do me a favor. Go to the mall. Get out of here. Leave me alone. I've been working all week. I need a few hours to myself." It happens. Maybe you don't want to hear it, but it happens. Mm-hmm. So those kids gravitate towards the phone because everything they need in life is in that phone, right? They generally don't want to do sports anymore. If they do sports, they want to win a trophy like everybody else, even if they're terrible. So all those things. So the kids don't have this desire for modeling and they don't have the patience and they probably don't have the, um, the guidance to do it. So if you don't have the guidance and you don't have the, your dad's not doing it. So you you don't you can't look at him. and Say I want to do what you're doing, Dad. You can't do that. They don't do it. They do other things, primarily the phone. Well, yeah, it's not. It's, it's uh, let me tell you, it's heartbreaking. It really is. It's hard. Yeah. Anyway, I've seen it all the time. I mean, we we had a lady bring her nephew out to the fields. She told – the kid said to her, I, I can't wait to go out there and see everything. I put him in our booth, gave him carte blanche to walk around the pits, gave him a beautiful pit ribbon. He sat in my booth on the phone mm. five hours straight. So <laughs> so that's what's happened. So as the older guys die, quit, would we'll call it what you want. We don't have the same number of younger people taking their place. And eventually it will be the hula hoop scenario they would be gone. You know, be gone. We,
1: we, I think, you know, we see a little bit different because, you know, Horizon is, has got a lot of different touch points within the industry. So we've got, you know, the surface side, the air side, of course. We've, we even see some of the train stuff, and the train industry is interesting in its own right. Um, what what I tend to see a lot is, you know, there is – there are – the, the industry shifts as far as uh, focus for different uh, demographics. So you've got, you know, right now the surface industry – is, is, is doing very well. This, you know, the car side of it and you see a lot of young kids getting into that. And then occasionally we see people shift, uh, segments most of the time they don't. Um, so we see guys that were, got into cars, shift over to airplanes or airplane guys shift over to heli guys. Um, and that's, that's always exciting to see. Um, but I, I think, yeah in in one in one way it's it's sad to see not as many kids coming in and the other hand I think kids are coming in in different avenues of the hobby um, because surely you know we we wouldn't see the numbers we're seeing if if there were just the same old old guys.
2: You only asked me about model aircraft. Yeah no no you're totally right. I, know, but I, I think I do yeah. not doubt that and there's a reason for it too. I think I, I the the radio control car segment of the industry. I think will do well forever mm. because it's something that fits under the tree real easy. It's something that the kid can master by himself. He can't get too much trouble going outdoors with the car. You know, he might bang it up, but it's not going to fly away. You know, it's not going to crash and, and, and never see it again. Um, so I think that's. I think you're right about that part of it. I was only speaking of model airplanes. So what what Ray, sort of Ray. things
1: should we be doing as an industry to kind of build upon that? What what are the what are things that you've seen that have actually worked to bring in youngsters in?
2: Uh, I, I had some ideas of how to make it work. Uh, I think the guys with the drones started it and then it fell apart. Uh, if you remember back when the drones first came about strong, there were all these different events. And some kids took to it. But there were others that were so good at it that it, it, it kind of, uh, it, 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 it made the other kids give up because they could never become that good. So that went away, unfortunately. Um, I truly believe that the right, and I'm too old to do it, but but if I were younger, I would try a national challenge i would try a national aero challenge and that would be that would have that would be an event for model aircraft for different age groups maybe you know starting at 9 years old and maxing out at 16 years old perhaps um, where the where the the spoils were were something to brag about you know i mean like if you won you, you really got something cool and would maybe entice the ones who didn't do so good to come back next year and do better. And I think that would work because it's a challenge. And I think that once, um, the young people, the young guy, young boys, or maybe girls too, uh, saw or felt how challenging it can be to do well with a model aircraft and how rewarding it can be. Um, I think uh, that's all it's going to take. Mm-hmm. Forget building. Forget it. Just forget building. That can that can be if if, if it takes, and the kid likes it. After a while, he's going to want something nobody else has, and the only way to do that is to build something. But for the time being, you know, give him a choice of what he can buy already tricked out with markings and colors, and you know, put the battery in it and go fly or learn how to fly, whatever the case might be. That's what I think. Uh, I tried to do it, but I could not get any support. Uh, I tried three years ago to do Son of a Gun. Uh, <laughs> at well, that's what I called it, Son of a Gun. I like it. I like it. And, uh, but I could not get not even one hobby manufacturer, dealer, distributor, magazine, not one to help me hmm. and they well, They didn't care. Maybe they care now, but three years ago, they did not care. Don't need that. Well, you know what? <laughs> I don't know. So that's, 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 that's what I think.
1: All right. Well, yeah, All right. that's okay. good for someone who's been in the industry a long time. Your perspective is, is pretty good. So I yeah. appreciate that. Well, that I, is- I,
2: I, I'm wrong a lot, you know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay. Uh, You've got the experience to back it up.
0: <laughs> that's, that's true. Well, you know, Frank, I, I do want to, um, we're kind of running up to the end of the time here, but I did want to, uh, one of the things Steve and I like to do when we're talking to folks is, um, give you a chance to, uh, talk about anything you want to talk about or promote or, um, anything you want to just cover kind of an open mic, if you will. Um, so, you know, if there's anything, you know, anybody who's listening to this podcast, you'd want them to be aware of, or maybe it's, a uh, I think you mentioned, you know, you got some events coming up here after the first of the year. Anything you want to make folks aware of? Uh, you know, we'll just say the mic is yours, and uh, feel free to to cover whatever you'd like.
2: Um, that's very nice of you. I really don't have much. Um, Florida Jets, uh, which is a which is a get together, a jet together, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not a competition, although we do give out some really nice awards for prettiest this and best that. The Florida Jets is coming up March 17th through the 21st of 2021. And then Top Gun is April 28th through May 2nd, 2021. Uh, If anybody would like to try Top Gun, you can simply email me, frank at franktiano.com. Real simple, my name, like John at John Smith. So that's real easy um, for Florida jets. We normally on my website, Franktiano.com, we have a registration form. You can fill out there and email it in or put it in the mail, whatever you like. Um, Florida jets is uh, if you've never been to a jet event, it, it is probably one of the uh, premier jet events in, in the world. We get, Twenty-five or thirty different vendors showing off their stuff, um, and it's non-stop flying from eight thirty in the morning to dark, uh, and we get anywhere from one hundred and fifty to one hundred and eighty pilots. So wow. it's interesting. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, it really is. The camaraderie is great. Uh, rarely do you see anybody bickering about anything. Uh, well, sometimes, sometimes guys bitch about Allie flying too much, but, uh, <laughs> but they can't take a joke anyway. So, um, yeah. um, that's really uh, that's it. Uh, uh, that's all I do is those two events. Uh, I do have a company called Zap Glue. Yes, I'm not. I'm not going to be shallow and ask everybody to buy my glue. I'm not going to do that. So. Uh, <laughs> But, it but if you
1: come to Florida jets, you will probably get some zap glue. I know
2: in oh, your pilot, in your pilot swag bag.
1: There you go. <laughs> yeah, yes. so that, that's a way to promote it without actually hitting it on the nose. <laughs> come there to Florida go. jets and get some zap glue. <laughs>
2: yeah, try it down. That's Yeah. Anyway,
1: yeah.
2: I got to well, tell you, I, I think this thing was pretty cool by the way, you guys. I mean. Oh, well, thank you.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it's meant to be fun. You know, I think you are exactly what we're trying to get across with this podcast. Frank is we, there are such interesting people and you know you and i have never met um uh before today and and i'm going to fix that because i'm going to come to florida jets or top gun because first of all they're in florida uh when it's so cold in illinois so i don't know how i've never gotten on their list steve never invites me to these
1: these things um, <laughs> hey, i've but, never been uh, either so we gotta fix, okay. that. Well,
0: I think we can fix that steve uh we know people yeah. but uh um, yeah, right. <laughs> you know it's this is exactly what we want to do though there are such interesting people that have great stories and, and the RC community, you know, we, we, we've talked to people that, you know, are, are into racing, you know, we've talked to professional race car drivers, monster truck drivers, you know, people like you uh, that have just been immersed in this industry. And they're such just cool people. And what you do with your events is you bring those people together to share their passion. And that's all Steve and I are trying to do with this little podcast is to Point out some of the good stuff that's happening, and you know if somebody's thought about going to Jet Florida Jets or Top Gun in the past. Hopefully, you know, here in our little conversation today, we'll uh, push them over the edge, and they'll go ahead and get it ske- scheduled on their calendar uh, for next year, and, uh, I, I, and make I, it there.
2: Um, pardon me. I, I I think, I think that if, if anyone would were, were to. Um I think it would be a service if any one modeler would bring along a youngster to some event mm. during the year for 2021. You know, if only 10% of those kids that went and saw it and said, Wow, I would like to try that, there's a step in the right direction.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. Because it is still, it is, uh, and especially like you said, a jet event or something like that. It's, it's amazing. You know, you can't even describe, I'm trying to think of a way to describe it for somebody and you can't, all I can do is just agree with you and say, take a friend, take a youngster, take them both. um, Because it is, it's amazing to watch in person. And, and like you mentioned before, there's a lot of ways to work your way up to that too. um, Whether it be, Historical subject matter, a warbird or an EDF jet, you know, which still looks cool, but uh, you know, isn't thirty thousand um, dollars. You know, so uh, if you if you you know, it's a little less uh, financial obligation and probably a little bit less concern uh, if you accidentally do uh, crash or something. It's it's a little less commitment with an EDF, so. Uh, but no, that's a great idea, Frank, and I certainly would agree with that as well. So yeah, take take the Frank challenge here. Take a youngster out to an event with you next year if you're uh, if you're a pilot listening to this.
1: Definitely.
2: Okay. Well, uh, you're going to dismiss me now, I guess, right? <laughs> well,
1: Frank, yeah, it been, <laughs> been, been, been talking to you.
2: I am AFD. Okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, we appreciate it, Frank. This has been great. It's been a lot of fun uh, getting to talk to you. And uh, thank you for a great Top Gun event. I hope you get a rest a little bit, and then I bet uh, you'll be starting to get to work uh, on getting uh, Florida Jets ready.
2: Yes, I will. And uh, I will see you guys soon.
1: All right. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Frank. Take care. All right, folks, that's episode 15 in the books. We want to thank Mr. Frank Tiano for being on the podcast today. Such a pleasure to speak with that guy. And, of course, thank you, our listeners, for listening to the On the Horizon RC podcast. That said, guys, the holiday season is upon us, so make sure to head on over to horizonhobby.com, find your local retailer, and, of course, check out that holiday gift guide that we've created on the website. It's going to give you a lot of great information on cool items to buy for you or someone else in your RC life. Guys, thanks so much for listening. We will catch you on the next one. Stay safe out there and have a great weekend.